the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. You ever have those feelings like your prayers go no further than the ceiling and God is just far away? So how do you draw close to God? Let's talk about that today on Truth For Today. I think it's safe to say, if we're honest with ourselves, we've all hit those times where we just feel like we're miles away from God, or He's miles away from us. And getting back to that intimacy that we've known in the past can be a challenge. So how do you get back or draw nigh, draw close to God? I'm glad you asked. We'll spend the next 25 minutes or so diving into God's Word for the answer to that question. In fact, we'll start right here in James chapter 4. Catch up with us there, won't you? With this edition of Truth For Today from Valley Bible Church in Hercules, here's Pastor Phil. How do you draw nigh to God? Uh, You find this language all over the Bible when God says, uh, seek my face. Uh, When he says to, uh, uh, they sought him, 1 Chronicles. Seek him, and you will find him. Forsake him, and he will forsake you. Uh, Ask, seek, and knock. Uh, God is for those who seek him. Well, where do you seek? Where's the address? Where do you knock? Uh, The Lord is near to all who call on him. Seek my face, he says in Psalms. Let all who seek you rejoice. Seek my name. Look to the Lord. Seek God's help. I sought the Lord and he answered me. And over and over, they sought the Lord. They drew nigh. Now, here's the thing. In the Old Testament, you couldn't draw nigh. The message was loud and clear. Only the priests can come close. And only one man a year can come into the Holy of Holies. And all of a sudden, the veil is rent when Christ dies. And we get Hebrews who said, Come into a rent veil entrance, for the veil that was rent was his body. Come with a clean conscience and speak boldly to God. Come, come, come. I want to hear you. You don't need to be a priest. You don't need to go through an animal sack. Come into my presence. Come. The door to heaven and to the ear of God has been opened through the sacrifice of Christ so that every child of God has this divine invitation. Come, and I'll be waiting for you. I'll welcome you. What a promise. Hebrews 2.16, chapter 10, verses 19 through 21. It's right there. So now, James is going to address a church. It's a church that we would say is backslidden. He uses the word that has become worldly. A worldly church. Some doubt that they're even believers. Uh, 
but he calls them brothers. And so I'm assuming this church has been invaded or fallen into a worldliness that James is concerned about, and he writes. And so he does several things. He describes their conditions, and we'll see four things about the condition they were in. Two, he tells them of God's gracious offer. And then three, he's going to give them some concrete steps they can take in drawing nigh to God. Because man is far from God. Romans says, no man seeks after God. He seeks after idols. He seeks after creature worship. But no man seeks God naturally. Only those who know God can seek God. So, let's describe their condition. Listen to what James says. What causes quarrels or wars? And what causes fights among you? Is it not this that your passage are at war within you? You desire and do not have, so you murder. You covet and cannot obtain, so you fight and quarrel. You do not have because you do not ask. You ask and do not receive because you ask wrongly to spend it on your passage. You adulterous people. Do you not know that friendship with the world is enmity with God? Therefore, whoever wishes to be a friend of the world makes himself an enemy of God. Or do you suppose that it is to no purpose that the scripture says he yearns jealousy over the spirit that he has made to dwell in us, but he gives more grace Therefore it says, God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Submit yourselves therefore to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. Be wretched, and mourn, and weep. Let your laughter be turned to mourning, and your joy to gloom. Humble yourselves before the Lord, and he will exalt you. Do not speak evil against one another, brothers. The one who speaks against a brother or judges his brother speaks evil against the law and judges the law. But if you judge the law, you are not a doer of the law, but a judge. There's only one lawgiver and judge, he who is able to save and to destroy. But who are you? To judge your neighbor. Hmm. The condition, the first thing is, they're a fighting group of believers. They're into fighting all the time. He uses two words. The first word is war. And that means perpetual. They're, they're in perpetual warfare. Then he uses a word, they quarrel. And that means uh, spats break out individual so you see a group of people that are fighting among themselves over all kinds of issues and uh, James said wow you're not a praying church obviously you're a fighting church uh, a scrapping church and since I happen to know many in God's work uh, I'm sorry to say many a church has destroyed itself by its own infighting we are capable of destroying ourselves. 
You know nothing about God's work if you don't know that. You know why missionaries come back? They've told me more often. They don't come back because of the people they went to. They can't get along with the missionaries they have to work with. I know that. They've told me. That it's getting long. He said in Galatians 5, Beware lest you devour one another. And he said that right before he commands him to be filled with the Spirit. Apart from the Spirit's filling ministry, most of you wouldn't even be married. We can't keep marriages going in this country, in or out of the church. Because God isn't in charge of the person that's doing the fighting. And so he says, we know you're a fighting church. You're fighting people. Two, your prayer life is in ruins because of this fighting. Listen to what he says. Uh, You do not have because you do not ask. Well, uh, why don't you ask? Because he says, you're ruled by strong desires and by a hedonistic spirit, which is pleasure, pleasure, pleasure. You remember 2 Timothy 3. Men shall be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, lovers professing God, but far from God. And so it's an age of pleasure-seeking. I mean, we're the most entertained generation of people that's ever been on the planet. We're entertained constantly. I mean, even if it's not the phone, which is no longer a phone, but a computer that I can see my movies, I can catch up on my email, I can go to websites I shouldn't be at. I, I got to have something come at me all the time. I can't be without entertainment. I can't be without more information coming to me. We're the information glut generation. When I was in seminary, I remember Howard Hendricks used to say, high tech demands high touch. He said, we're going to be drowning before you men know it in the information age. If selling information, we don't sell as many products. We have China do that. We have other countries do that. We sell information. Info, 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 info. And he said, they were governed by their strong desires for other things and their pleasures, hedonism. So, their prayer life is in ruins. Uh, They don't ask for God's help. And when they do ask, they don't have the kind of motives. See, God's not a benevolent sugar daddy God. Give me, give me, give me. No, he's a God to be feared. You're the one that ought to be doing some giving. Giving your life. Giving your heart. Surrendering yourself. Don't be bossing God. Do not boss God. And prayer isn't your automatic uh, visa card to God that says, I'm waiting for you to do it. No, no, no. What's your motives? So inside, they were in no condition to have a prayer life. You know, if you don't want what God wants, why pray? God, help me to be immoral tonight. I need your strength. God, help me pull off this robbery and not get caught. God help me as I hate my brother and hope that he falls. Prayer says you're aligning yourself to God. We often say prayer changes things. It doesn't change God. It changes you. That's the one that needs to be changed. If you ask anything in my name, if you ask anything according to my will, if my words abide in you, 
then you ask, I'll hear you. So it's an alignment. He goes on to say something that would be shocking if I just got up and said, well, I want to address all you adulteresses this morning. Here's, here's the pastor at Jerusalem saying, hey, the people I'm talking to in the church, whether they've invaded from the side, whether they're true believers or not, by the way, you're acting like adulteresses, like a faithless wife. Now, this is common language. This is the most Jewish epistle probably besides Hebrews, in the New Testament, James the Apostle in Jerusalem, is using language that the Jewish ear, just like that, they would think Jeremiah 3, Jeremiah 16, Ezekiel 16, boom, you are a prostitute, you are unfaithful, words like whoredom, prostitution, adultery, I mean all these strong terms, and whoa, whoa, the Bible seems like it's X-rated, it's just telling Israel, You I took as a wife. And you've decided to sleep with other gods. And it's his turn for idolatry. Your idolatry is unfaithfulness to me. And to get it into your heart to know it's like a man's wife that chooses to sleep with other men and still remain married. He said, hear me Israel. You've not read your Bible if you don't know this. Ezekiel 16 Israel, I raised you. I found you drowning in your blood in the wilderness. I raised you. I raised you as a young daughter. I clothed you. I perfumed you. I was good to you. And by the time you came of age, I thought, you know what? I need a wife. He uses that whole analogy. And I I took you to be my wife. But when you got beautiful, when you got rich, when you smelled good, when the afterbirth, of the bloody birth we went through, when all that was behind you, you said, I'm not giving my affections to you. I'm giving it to Assyria and Egypt. I'm going to sleep with a lot of other gods. God said, I'm a jealous God. I'm not passive. I didn't marry my wife to share with the community. So he takes a graphic, gripping language. Your unfaithfulness to me is as outrageous as an unfaithful wife. Because you've decided to sleep with the world and not with me. You've chosen to be friends with a system that hates me. Because see, the world, what the world is, is a glove that Satan puts his hand in. He's the God of the age. He even offered Christ all the kingdoms of this world. That's amazing that he can make that offer. That's a pretty bold offer. But... John said he controls us because the world appeals to our eye. It appeals to the inward lust of our flesh. And it appeals to our pride. And if you love it, the love of the Father is not in you. You can't love it and love the Father. You can use it. You work on jobs in the world. You buy food made by the world. But he's talking about an evil system under the control of Satan. Don't make that your friendship, as it were, when you ignore your vows to me. Don't be sleeping with the wrong person. I'm your God. Then he goes into verse 5, and he says, By the way, I am a jealous God. And it's a difficult verse. We don't know. They said the scripture says, and you can't find that scripture. 
There's no place in the Bible. But he combined something. He said, God has caused the spirit he has put in us to envy or yearn over us with jealousy. Two views on it. Some take it to be the human spirit at creation. God put a human spirit in every human being. And guess what he wants you to do with that spirit? He wants you to worship God in spirit and in truth. Your human spirit. When he says worship me in spirit, it's not Holy Spirit. It's your human spirit. I want your inner man to be worshiping me. Some take it to be is he put the Holy Spirit in us. So that the Holy Spirit he put in us is the one doing the yearning. There's d- debate among scholars. The main emphasis, though, is jealousy. Jealousy. I am jealous over you. I won't share you and look the other way. I'll ask you, why don't you love me enough to be faithful? Why don't you love me enough not to be looking at another lover? Am I not enough? Am I not enough? And don't say this doesn't happen. It happened entirely to the nation of Israel. I mean, this was their primary sin. You have broken your vows. And he says in Jeremiah 3, I've divorced you. I'm giving you a bill of divorce. Isaiah also said it. You're divorced. And yet, he's still bound to them because he made a covenant with Abraham. It's an amazing thing to be unfaithful to God. And I think we've done so much of it, it doesn't even shock us. Is he the first love of your heart? I mean, here Jesus says, you know, I'm a little perturbed with you because you left your first love for me. Why do you tell a church that? Because they did it. What does he do with the Laodicea? You know what? I'm getting ready to spit you out of my mouth because you become so putrefying in your temperature, spiritual temperature, that I find no satisfaction in you. You're neither hot nor cold. You're lukewarm. And yet, and yet, he said, I'm knocking at the door to get in. I still love you. I still want to get in. Look at verse 6. His graces... His graces offer to them. I want to be gracious to you. I'm not going to judge you. I'm not going to remove you. Listen to what verse 6 says. He gives more grace. Therefore it says, God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. What's God saying? I want to be gracious to you. If you'd only humble yourself... And admit my diagnosis of you. Admit where your heart may be towards me. I want to be gracious to you. The door. Yeah, I'm knocking at the door. I want to come in. I want to up the temperature. I want to restore you like in Revelation 3. I'm knocking at the door. I want to be gracious. How many times have we uh, strayed in our affections? Strayed, got taken up with something, some worldly diversion. And the wooing of his spirit brought us back, brought us back. Prone to wonder, prone to leave the God I love. Here's my heart, take and seal it for your courts above. Prone to wonder, prone to wonder. Oh, my lands, I could fall in love with the world system any day. 
It's there. It looks good. It'll feel good. It'll boost my ego. I need the boost. And can't you see this? I think about this jealousy. Uh, In the years of doing marital counseling, I've never seen a marriage get better as long as a third party was present. You can't heal a marriage with a third party. I love you, baby. You're my wife, but I got her over here. Now, a lot of cultures, that's just the way they live. I was in Macau. I was in Hong Kong. And the men had their wives, but they went to Macau to gamble at night and sleep with other women. It was just a way of life. It was acceptable. She's for the legitimacy of my children. This is have fun to gamble and to do whatever. But God says, uh, you've got to get rid of the third party. Quit making the world the, the object of your affection and taking you away. Some of you are in love with the world, probably. Your job comes first. Your pleasures come first. Me first. It's interesting. If you ever want to see the Ken Burns documentary on the West, how the West was won, and it's, a fa- it's on Netflix. It's a fascinating uh, series. And uh, talking about that, of course, they're running into the Plains, Indians, Cheyenne, a Cherokee, the Sioux, Cherokee were Seminole, Trail of Tears, Carolina. They give them Oklahoma because it's wasteland. They just didn't know there was oil under that soil. They just gave them what was nobody wanted. No, nobody wanted Oklahoma. My grandfather on my mother's side was in that land rush. He staked the land. He was a coal miner. And a man hired him to stake out his claim. Just wastelands. But it was interesting, as the Easterners in Europe, people who just wanted to own land, as they went west, and they met these weird-looking people called Indians. You know, it's, it's a, the history is brutal. We kicked the Mexicans out of California, who had been here 350 years before we got here. Spain was here 350 years before California, before we got it. Then we outlawed them, get back to Mexico. Then we met the Indians. One of the amazing things in vocabulary is the Indians had no word for I, me, or my. Because they were a group people. They were communal. It was uh, us and they. They talked about the invaders. They're always called the they. They're they, us. Just think of how much of our lives is I, me, and my. It's about me. It's about my. It's about me, 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 me. And we wonder why God is very interested in our praying. Is this about you or about me? And so James is talking to a church. And this is Truth For Today, the radio ministry of Valley Bible Church here in Hercules, and our teacher and pastor, Pastor Phil Howard. Thank you for spending time with us today. As always, it is a pleasure and a delight studying God's Word with you that we might mutually grow in our love and admiration for our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. 
If you have questions about today's program, maybe you have a question about your own walk or relationship with the Lord, we would love to talk with you. No strings attached. Give us a call, and we'd be more than happy to answer any questions we can or pray with you. Our phone number is 855-833-9864. Again, you can reach us at 855-833-9864. If you would rather write to us, here's our address, 1511 M. Sycamore Avenue, Suite 278. We're here in Hercules, the zip code 94547. And again, even if it's a simple thank you for the broadcast, we'd love to hear from you. It's always a delight knowing that these programs are being used by the Lord for your growth in Christ. So again, you can reach us by phone, by mail, or better yet, stop by our website and drop us an email. Let us know you paid us a visit. You can find us at truthfortodayradio.org. That's truth for todayradio.org. As you stop by, don't forget to drop us an email and take advantage of the many resource materials we have available for your growth in Christ. Again, it's all there at truthfortodayradio.org. And then if you would like to join us here at Valley Bible Church for worship, Sunday services are at 9 and 11, and directions can be found at our website, truthfortodayradio.org or by calling 855-833-9864. As you contact us, would you also prayerfully consider partnering with us financially? We're able to continue the radio ministry through your generous financial support. And whether it's a one-time gift or a monthly donation, no size is too small or too great. We'd love to hear from you and know that you are partnering with us for the furtherance of the gospel. So contact us today at 855-833-9864 or stop by truthfortodayradio.org. And then come back and join us next time for another broadcast of Truth For Today with Pastor Phil Howard.